Lenin, a black Gemara. We are up to Davchov Gimel Amr Aleph. Okay. Um, we're up to the two dots, about 10 lines on top of the page. That again, the Gemara is going to digress. We talked about that for Kiddush HaChidish, when they decided to make the new moon, they would have people standing up on the mountains and they would pass, you know, show the fire so everybody can actually see them. And, uh, and we finished saying that they only had these torches when it was a 29-day month, not when it was a 30-day month. So that, that's how people knew precisely where the Shredish is. And this all stopped when the Slukim and the Baisusim started to meddle and interfere and uh, disrupt this whole process. So um, the Gemara is 10 lines on the page. And the Gemara is digress. We mentioned that the torches they used was made was made out of a cedar tree. So we are going to talk about the different kinds of cedar trees. We have a little bit of that in, in the Bayer and in other places as well. So um, says the Gemara, I'm not, <clears throat> not uh, a fave with the names of all the different kinds of uh, species of, uh, of cedar trees. We'll just go through the Gemara. There are actually four different kinds of cedar trees. One is called Edes. One is called Katrun, one is called uh, H. Shemen, and one is called Barosh. Says the Gemara. Katrun, Omar Rav says Adra. That's what we know as Adra. We had that as the Bayer, the Adir, and um, certain species. And Dred Ab Sheila, Omar Rav Sheila says that it's actually known as Mavliga. It's known as Mavliga. <clears throat> I'm the other say is a gulmish. Other than it's a different species altogether known as gulmish. These are different kinds of trees that fall under the um, so Edes is a specific kind of uh, cedar tree, plus it's a generic name for all the, the trees that are similar. Uh, Pliga, and this argues with the Rabbaravuna. The Omar Rabba Baravuna, Amri they said that I saw them in You say there are four, there are actually 10 different kinds of arosim. How do I know that? Because it says in the post, I will give you in the midbar, Erez, which is one, Shita, which is another one, Hadas, which we know that is, the middle of the eighth Shemen. And then we have uh, the, um, the, um, the Osim. Um, sorry, sorry. So that's already Erez, Shita, Hadas, eight Shemen is four. Then Osim Baraba, I'll also put out there in the desert. There will be also three kinds, Broish, Tidar, Us Asher, Yachtel, all be together. So these are actually, these are only seven kinds. We'll see them in a minute. Edes is what we call Arza. That's the cedar tree. And Shita is what's known as Tunisa. And Hodas is what's known as the Asa, as we know that, that's the Hodas. And the, the HM is known as the Aparsa, which we also know that's the Bowser tree. And then Baruch is Barota. That's what that is. And Tidar is Shaga, another kind of tree. And Ta'asher is Shurbina. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. You said there'll be 10. Hani Shivahab is only a total of seven. Dimi Omar, he said, they added another three. What did they add? They added Alunim, Almunim, and Almugin. And what is that? Alunim, that is known as Butmi, and Almunim is known as Bluti, and Almugin is known as Kasisa, which Rasha says is Kora. So these are the 10 different kinds of trees that fall under the banner of Eris. Ikadamni, the other to say that Arugim is Armoinim, that Arugim is actually Armoinim, and that Almunin is Arugim, and, uh, and Almunin is as Arugim, and uh, what do you call it? Um, and Arugim, sorry, Armoinim is, yeah, and, and uh, what do you call it? Or a, um, 
Let's start again. Sorry, sorry. Igadamri, other say. Arugim, Armonim, Almogim, there are three different kinds. Arugim is known as Ori, and Armonim is known as Duvi, and Almugin is what Kusisa, which is the Koral. Okay, the mother of the Pasik says, Betsi, Adif, and these large, strong ships, Leavrenu, will not be able to pass the waters. The waters will be the, so, with such rapid waters, as Rashi says, emanating from the base of Midrash, will come, that even a large ship will not be able to cross. Amarav, what is this? Zuburnik a very large ship. Hechi Avdi, what would they do? So, what do they do? Um, so, um, what, what exactly would they do with these large ships? What's the, what's the purpose of these large ships in that area? So we say the following. Is Maisi, they would bring sheet of the Gavri, 6,000 people, but Teresa Yarche working for 12 months. And Shasa a year, I'm not say Teresa of the Gavri, there'll be 12,000 people. Vishisa Yarche Shasa, six months of the year, the ton of Lacholom, and they would carry sand. So this would happen. They would go to a low part of the, of the sea, the river, and they would fill this burning with sand at the shachna until basically it, it rested on the ground. And, and then when you, the weight of the sand would make the ship, you know, rest on, on the on the sea floor. But it was very shallow, so the ship was still sticking out. And um, and this is where the coral was, the nochis and then bar amoroidi swimmers, the divers, would go under the water. They were tied with ropes of flax. Um, to the corral on the bottom, on the ground, on the seafloor. They were tied the other end to a ship. Then, so right now the ship is sunk down because of the weight of the sand. And then slowly, they would take the sand and remove the sand from the boat. And as they moved the sand from the boat, the, the boat of boy would, would rise. And... Um, the Kama de Medallion, as the boat lifts up, Okra, Umasia, it, it will rip out some of the corral from the sea from the seabed and lift it. Um, um, and the corral is worth one measure of this corral is equal to two of the silver. Class Parvasahavan with three ports. Tati Beamoya, two of them were either in Rome or with uh, Rami, and the Chod of the Bay Pasha, one was Persia. The Bay Amoy, the ports were there in Amoy, Moscon, Kisis, they took out the actual corral. The Bay Pasha, the Persian port, Mask and Marganisa, they were able to go and take out the pearls from this corral. Umekari, and that port is called Parvasa de Mishamig, the port of the king. Yes, because they got the best part of the corral. Omar Rabbi Yechon says, "Kol shita v'shita, every single tree known as shita." We said before, it is, is in the shita. So every tree, every shita that should not l'nochem mishlaim, the goyim removed from mishlaim. Asid hakadosh baruch hu laharzin l'leiv. Once again, I'll bring all the trees back. Shenema says a pasuk, "Eten, I will place by midbar." Eres shita. Mechayim says eres as well. So maybe eres didn't grow in shlaim, but shita did. So they pulled down the shita and brought it back. And how do I know that Etin by Midbar is referred to as Shalayim? Because sometimes the Shalayim is referred to as a Midbar. Because it says in Posik, um, as the Posik talks about, it will be, it will be um, desolate. So it refers to it, uses an example for them, it, it compares Yerushalayim to a Midbar. Talking about these things, 
Torah. Anyone who studies Torah, the Einam Alamda, doesn't share it with other people. Growing in the midbar, who appreciates it? Same thing, a person is full of knowledge and doesn't share it, doesn't disseminate it, is like a huddle growing in the midbar, which is pathetic. Ikedam, the other saying it's it's actually a compliment. Anybody who learns Torah and he teaches it, in a place where there are no Tamil Chamim or to people who are not Tamil Chamim, doing Milhadim in country, it's like an oasis. Everybody appreciates it. Same over here. Since there's, there's nobody else doing it and you stepped up to the plate and you're teaching it, you're wonderful. The Chaviv that is so much um, desired and loved. Those who chapter Eden, those who bothered Eden, have no remedy. It says, Everything has a substitute. There's nothing that's indispensable or replaceable. Instead of copper, there'll be gold. I'll be kesev in place of metal. I'll bring silver. In place of wood, I'll bring copper. In place of stone, I'll bring metal. In the place of Rabbi Kiva's friends, what am I going to be? Is there a substitute? He says, no. And then he says, I will forgive for the blood that they spilled. That I will never forgive. So, anyhow, so then we explained those mountains that they went on top of the mountains and they went and they uh, all shine. They, you know, they had one torch and then there's another torch. You know, Kilometers later, on another mountain until finally came to base Baltin. So the Gemara says, "My base Baltin, where in the world is this place called base Baltin?" Yeah. So Omar, Omar Rab, Zu Beirim. You know where it is? That's the place called Beirim. In other words, the very the tip of Israel, the very end of Israel. My um, Goyla, and then it says that from there. The people in Golas were able to see. And um, base of Balton, you know, he said that the that's the last mountain to throw. They would stand on the mountain and they would wave their torch back and forth, back and forth until they saw the entire Gaila appear to them standing on the mountain with one big uh, bonfire. So, first of all, what do you mean, my Gaila? Which part of Golas? You can't see the entire Gaila. We're talking about the main city there was Pupadissa. The main cities that were there. Then it says, standing on the mountain, they look at the Goyle, the Pubadissa, the pit, like the whole Pubadissa is on fire, big bonfire. What do you mean? This is what happened. When, this, when these people were on this base balls in the very last point of Israel, and he waited, and other people saw them, what happened was, every person in Pubadissa, take a torch in his hand, will go on the roof of their house. Imagine that scene. And so therefore, we looked at Pubadissa and at the top of every house there's a person with a torch. It looked like it was one big fire. Tanya, Rav Shimon, said, there were other mountains as well that they used to climb in Israel and they would bring the torch, which were they, Avhodim, uh, Chodim, they used to bring also the places called Mount called Chodim and the Chayor and the Geder, the Chavarisa, and its other mountain similar. Some say, Baini Uveini Havakaima. We were those mountains. Between the mountains we mentioned over here, there were other mountains between. There was a step up there as well. Another one says, No, what we, we described here, these mountains were, let's say, the, e, um, the east side of Israel, and then another one was the west side of Israel. So there were two different um, sets of mountains, series of mountains, two sides of Israel. One person was counting one side and then and the and the other one and, and the one side of the mountain and Abshimalaza was counting the other side. 
Amr Rabbi Yechman, Ben Kol Achel Vachot, in every mountain was Shmoyne Parsois. It's eight Parsois with four mil to a Parsois, 32 mil, roughly 32 kilometers. Kama Havilu, how much is that? Slosin Vetati, 32. Says in Mara Vaidna Tuva, if you want to travel from Yerushalayim to go to these places, a lot far, far further than 32. In other words, if you go in a straight line, it would be 32. However, because we cannot go in a straight line and the blocks block didn't have to be the windy roads, therefore it's far greater than 32 kilometers. Um, and he says, uh, how do I know that? I filled up basically all of your roads and I put their thorns. In other words, I put obstacles on the road so you have to go in a different way and that's why it takes so much longer. My roads, Eva, they are all circular, they're all uh, windy, and therefore you cannot go in a straight line. That's why it takes so long. The Marna continues describing what happened. So they came on Shabbos, and where did they go? There was a large courtyard in Shalain. It was referred to as Beis Yazik. And there, Kola Edim Wisconsin. That's where the witnesses used to join together on Shabbos. And that's what Bezdin used to check them out. Hear what they had to say. And we took them in. We were very hospitable. We made large meals. So they had a good time. They schmoozed together, they together. We're happy. We wanted to entice them to make sure they say, Oh, what a wonderful Shabbos we had. They'll come again. In the beginning, they were more or less locked down or locked up in this chatzah. They couldn't leave. Why not? Because they walked. They traveled more than Tchum Shabbos. And the rule is, travel more than Tchum Shabbos, wherever, even though it was legal for that, book, we said before, you're allowed to Mechal Shabbos. Once they arrived, they're not allowed to walk even one inch. He's scared of And I'm going to people didn't like that. They said, why should I come Shabbos and be treated like a prisoner? They should be treated no different than anybody else in the citizen because they, they traveled there, they were permitted, so they, they didn't breach any laws, so they should be treated like anybody in Yerushalayim. And we're not only talking about this case here, where we said you, you're allowed to travel more than Chumash Shabbos, that, and once you arrive at your destination, we're not going to limit your, your walking, we're going to say you're no different than the locals. Also, a woman is coming to help someone to give birth. Or habola hatsim and you want to say people from a large fire in a gaius and uh, from the moridors or from the the river was threatening to flood everybody, and so therefore um from an avalanche or a, um, or a building that fell apart that imploded had a you're also going to say of course you're allowed to be mechal shabbos you can walk right past the but once you get there you can still walk no different than any member of the citizen each direction i'm concerned if we make it too harsh too, too difficult they're not going to try to save people's lives again we're going to digress the word you use or the name you gave to this chatzah called base yazik is it sort of a pejorative name or what is it What's the origin of this name? Ibayluhu, base yazik tanan, with an ayin. Is it called a base yazik or a base yazik tanan, or is it without an ayin? What's the difference? Base yazik tanan, if you call base yazik with an ayin, unleash them out, it's a compliment, your name, the theory says, Vayaskeyu, they cleaned it out, Vayaskeyu, and they removed all the stones and all the pebbles. So it's a good thing. They gather people together, and that's what it is. <clears throat> 
And in Beisiazing, now his lishna the tzaydo, it means like damage. You see, who also bazikim, he was tied down with chains. And that's what they, 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 they nicknamed this place, Beisiazik, because that's basically what it was. They were locked up. They couldn't leave this place in Tayyar Shabbos. I'm going to buy some of the Toshma, we just learned. So does Gedailas, how you ice and lamb When they arrived there, there was big meals waiting for them in order Kadei, she ate again, love, even quantize them to continue coming. Doesn't that show that's a positive? Why would they call it such a negative name as Beisiazik? I'm not. Where it says, no, that's not right. Dilma Tatya, that's not exterior. Maybe they did both. On the one hand, they were they wanted to entice the main field, but on the other hand, the rules that you know they were for a long time they were constrained until the Gamil came along and changed it. So therefore they called it prison camp. You can't tell. So no idea why. Next mission is now we'll talk a little bit about what kind of questions they would ask. Even though they relied on the ADIM, they still had to make sure the ADIM weren't fantasizing and uh, and that they actually saw what they claimed that they saw. So Kate said, boy, can I say, how would they investigate? These Adim Zukshabarish and the very first pair that came is Boykin Oisai. They would um, check them out. Um Machnisen is a godl shabhan. The first bring in the, <clears throat> the 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 oldest group, the, the most prestigious group, uh, pair of Adim. And they're, they're the ones that they were interrogated. I mean, like, Emma Kate said, he said, well, tell us about the moon that you saw. We want to know what the position in the sky was and so on. <coughs> was it the Lifne Hachama or was it Lachra Hachama? Because um, in the new moon, you only see, it's only visible on the 30, only in the evening, sunset. You can't see it in the morning. It's very, very small. So while the sun is very intense, it completely obscures the, any vision of this new moon. Um, and and therefore we're asking if you saw it before. Um, what do you call it? Was it in? Was it before the like in front on the right of the sun, or was it behind the sun? Was like was it on the north of the sun, or was it the south of the sun? Was the sun travels from east to west. But where was the moon? Ahead of it or behind it? Um, and basically, when we say lifne hachama, it means in front of it or to the north, and um, behind the hachama means to the south. <coughs> Um, okay, and this way they would know whether to tell the truth or not. And um, that's question one. Exactly the same question. If it's to north, it's before. It's before the sun. It got there before the sun. The sun in orbit. And if it's the south, it's trailing the sun. The next question is: How high was it in the horizon, standing from Earth, according to what your view is? And which you know the, you have the, the the moon, the crescent of the moon. So then you have the inside of the moon, which is always you know dark. And then, well, which side was it facing? That inside of the moon is that facing the sun or away from the sun? And because you know that the inside of the moon, why is it, it look like the inside of the moon is because the sun is not shining on that side. The sun is shining on the other side. So if they say that that that, that concave, you know, that in 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 the, that indent that was facing the sun, then obviously you know they're not telling the truth. And um, and how wide was it? If they said it, that the moon was traveling in front of the sun, it can't be true. So we know that they, that they, were, they, they saw something else. And that's all these questions. Then they brought in the second witness. 
they're asking the same questions. They're both saying the positions in the sky are exactly the same. Then we say they're consistent. We have a good pair of eight. What do you do? We don't go through the same interrogation with every single pair of witnesses. What for? We already have one set. That's all we require. So all the other groups of eight, they're only asking another key points. Did you see the moon? Where was it? But we didn't necessarily interrogate them. In fact, we don't even need them at all. Can you imagine how disappointed they would be? They traveled all this way, and then the ages was not even necessary. So you have to make them feel that they're contributing. We want them to come again. Says the Gemara, you're asking two questions, whether it's before the sun, which really means north, or whether it's behind the sun, which means south. So it's the same question. We were asking the pegima. The pegima is that part of the moon that cannot see. The crescent, you have the crescent, and the rest of the moon is called the pegima, which cannot be seen. So the question is, was it facing the sun, which is impossible? Was it facing away from the sun? And facing the sun on a clump, because it's impossible. That side of the moon is dark side, and if the sun was if it was facing the sun, it would be the light side. So it's not possible. It says in Posik, it says in that um that the Abishta was in control and the Pachad and fear were Ima with him. And then it says, he makes peace above. What does that mean? The moon, the sun never saw the dark side of the moon because as soon as the sun, the sun looks at the moon, it becomes bright because the moon reflects the sun. By the keshes, it never saw by the by the rainbow, it never sees the, the, the indent side of the rainbow. That's what's facing us. What it sees is the is the is the bright side of the label. Uh, why doesn't it see it on the why does it see the whole Shaddite? Um, because then the, the, the moon would feel bad that the sun is so bright and it isn't. And Pigimasa Shokesh says, why doesn't it see the inside of the, the rainbow? Because when you have a, a, a bow and arrow, the inside of the, of the bow is facing the shooter, you know, and, and, um, and the archer. And then you pull it back and you shoot all kinds of arrows. So if it would be facing, if the inside of the rainbow would be facing the sun, then those people who worshipped the, the rainbow or worshipped the sun will believe that the sun was shooting these arrows or pellets, whatever was happening. Gide Kameshadya. They'll believe that um, that the sun is preparing itself to, to shoot all kinds of arrows on, on, on non-believers and scoffers and, and sinners and so on. So we didn't want to give them ammunition to their Abuja the you couldn't avoid uh, creating the sun and the moon because people worship them, but things that he could have avoided or changed, he did. We ask how high was the moon in the sky? Which direction was it facing? One place we learned if it was saying to the north, then then we say that it was facing the north, then it makes sense. But it was facing south. It doesn't make sense. It can't be. But Tanya Ivcha, we learned somewhere else, just absolutely. If the moon is facing the south, then it is. Uh, then it's correct. It was It can be the north. Like Kasha, it depends on the summer and the winter because the, moon, the sun is in different uh, parts of the sky, in between the summer and the winter. Um, 
because um, in the summer, the long days, the sun is much further away, much longer, larger orbits, and it's sort of in the northern hemisphere, the northern side, and in, this, in the winter, it's on the southern side. It, it, it sort of it, it always goes east to west, but is it along the southern part of the sky, the northern part of the sky? So in the summer, it's the northern part of the sky, and in the winter, it's the southern part of the sky. Um, so therefore, like in the summer, um, it, it can be in the north, uh, it, it's in the north, and it can be in the south, and in the winter, it's in the in south and not in the north. Tell them what we learned. Echad we talked about how high it is in the sky. If one of them says, one of them says that it was two mardois, two mardois is a kind of a, a, a measuring thing, that it's, it's as if it was two measures um, up in the um, what do you call it? This is it's actually a, a stick that used to use to to um, jab animals that they should keep on moving, and uh, and they was a whatever it's a certain a certain size, and the and each one said that uh, the moon looked like it was two of these things high, and um, and the echadim gimel. I once said no, it was like three of those things high. A dozen kayamis. That means you know people can they're not we're not experts, so they that's a mistake that we can tolerate. Hey, one gets a three versus five. Hey, do some Taylor. Then obviously it's two different parts of the sky. It's impossible. Even though um, that turns out to be that they're not being somebody here is not telling the truth. They start it to another Aedis. What exactly does that mean? That Rashi learns that either one can join if another aid comes along and says he saw the moon, the new moon, and he either agrees with the one who says three or the one who says five. He says two, he says four, he says, then they can join up with him. What Tracer says, they can be, you can join another group of Adim about another matter altogether, because we don't know who's telling the truth, he's not telling the truth. So in another matter altogether, they can be used. Okay, we'll stop here and we'll continue tomorrow, Mitzvah